0: I received a response to a post uh, for one of my podcasts and it said, you know, I was listening to your podcast and, and I came up with a question I wonder if you could answer. And the question was, how should a choice-based teacher handle an interview? Like, how do you show a lesson plan for a, for a tab classroom? And and what if they ask you to teach a lesson? And I thought, man, that's a really good question that I could probably answer in a podcast. So it, it is a great question and I'm just gonna dive in. I think I'll just, I'm gonna break it up into those three questions. How should a choice-based teacher handle an interview? That'd be number one, then I'll address how do you show lesson plans? And then we'll hit number three. What if they ask you to teach a lesson? Okay, so great. How should you uh, How should a choice-based teacher handle an interview? There was, a, there was a follow-up to that, like should you show student examples? Yes, absolutely. I think in any situation, you're gonna wanna show student examples. But the question also asks, should you show lesson plans? And I don't think necessarily you have to, but I'll address that in the second part. But the best way for me to illustrate this, how I feel about the interview, is to tell you my story and how I got interviewed at South Brunswick High School and what happened to me. So, uh, (laughs) I... I'll back up all the way. I was actually on vacation um, and I knew that the teacher at South Brunswick was considering retiring because she had let me know that. So I was watching to see if this job was going to open up because I really wanted to, to move to the beach and we already had a house down here and I, I just wanted to move to South Brunswick High School or at least to work there so I could move down here and go fishing. But anyway, <laughs> no. um, but I, was sitting, I was sitting by the pool in a lounge chair and I just was looking at my iPad and then I just looked down and I said, let me just check to see if this, if this job ever opened up. And I did. And it not only had it opened up, but it was the last day to apply for the position. And I said to my wife, oh my gosh, what do I do? And she's like, you know, that's like the kind of job that like either you got to go for it or it's going to be gone and it's not coming back for 30 years. So you better go, go, go inside the hotel and find the, you know, they have the, the center, the computer center there and, and figure it out. So I went in there and thank goodness for... For Google Drive, I was able to, I had my resume on there, um, so, all ready to go, so I pulled that up, I wrote a, I wrote a nice letter, I sent it off, and lo and behold, I, I got, I got an interview, so, I went to the interview, and uh, the way they conducted the interview was, um, and and you'll probably run into this a lot in teacher interviews, uh, it wasn't just like the principal and myself, it was a a group of people. So there was, I think the principal, maybe the assistant principal was there, Um, there were a couple of teachers in the room, There's probably about five people, if I remember correctly, and I walked in, and I sat down, introduced myself and everything, and I I had brought some student examples, I had actually brought my iPad, which I had a lot of artwork on, and I also had a, a... physical portfolio with photos and uh, some samples of um, some from uh, School Arts Magazine articles that um, I had that I'd written. And so they were published that looked really good, I think. Uh, but I, but the interview did not go well to start. It did not start well at all. The team started asking me and, and they must have had their questions already written down. They, they probably looked them up on the internet because they probably didn't know about teaching art, but they knew about teaching. So they were going to ask me very traditional art teacher questions. And I do not remember the questions offhand, but I do remember them uh, asking questions that I could not answer because they would ask it like, if you were giving a lesson, how would you do this thing? And I'm like, man, I don't, I don't, I don't do that. So I, I tried to give the best answer I could, but I was fumbling. And like the next person would go and they'd ask it the same kind of question, like, how would you handle this in a student, you know, teacher-directed program? And I was like, and that's not the words I use, but you get the idea. And I'd be like, fumble, fumble, fumble. And then it, it went on a couple of questions like that. And I just thought to myself, I need to get I need to get a handle on this like right now this is not going well I am not going to get this job if this continues like this so I was like I need to, I need to take the upper hand and I was like can I can I just stop you I just want to show you what I do and they were like kind of okay we'll give this guy a chance or whatever we're about to kick him out the door but okay and I just opened up my iPad and I just I started showing the pictures of the students work and I was like uh, I want to explain to you this project now this kid you know he came up with this idea for this project after we talked about this thing for inspiration and dah, 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 and I started talking about it, and then I, I flipped it to the next picture, and it was a project that looked totally different than the other one, right? Because in a, in a student-directed classroom, you get so many different projects; you don't get 30 of the same thing. And I'd say, and I talk about that, and and when I talked about it, I was excited about it. You know, that's something that happens when you're talking about your kid's artwork. You get really excited about it. Even if it's not good, you get so excited about it because you can see things in it that like, you know, the kid worked on. Uh, I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to, I'm going to take a little, go down a little rabbit hole here for a second. But the other art teacher I work with teaches art one and you know, our one students do the best they can, but they're not, you know, AP art students or anything like that, but they really try hard. Well, she'll show me, she's like, you've got to see this work of art. And I'll be like, all right, let, you know, let me see it. And she'll pull it up and I'll look at it and I'll be like "Eh, okay it's nice and she'd be like oh let me tell you what happened and she'd be all excited this kid wasn't doing anything and then he got this idea to do that and then he started doing this and he started doing that and you can see in this picture how he did this and that and she gets so excited about it it's like it's like in the movie Elf you know like when when he he like blindfolds the girl and he's like come here I want to get I want to show you something he takes her into the coffee shop and she's like what is it it smells like a crappy cup of coffee and then she takes off her, her blindfold and she's like it is a crappy cup of coffee and he's like no it's the world's best cup of coffee (laughs) he's all excited it's like that like she's telling me about this i'm like like a crappy piece of artwork no it's the world's best piece of artwork and her enthusiasm and how she can explain it to me is infectious and then i start looking at the piece and go like i see what you're talking about so i think i did that in the interview and started showing these artworks and explaining to them all these different things that the student had done and how great the artwork was because of that and they and they just kind of totally bought into it and 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 after a while, one of the teachers there, she was like, wow, I want to be in your class. This looks like a lot of fun. And I was like, yes, now now we're getting somewhere. And that's at the point where I like, well, let me show you something else. And that's when I was able to open up my other portfolio and pull out a couple of school arts. (laughs) magazine articles and then i think that might have been the icing on the cake so a little side note there if you get the opportunity write an article for school arts magazine it's, it, it doesn't have to be really long it's not that complicated you can submit to them through email and you can get published and that looks great um, on a resume so i'm going to highly recommend you do that um it's not like i said it's not hard kind of come up with an interesting concept something that hasn't been done before and, and just present it to them and i you'll probably get published and it'll be cool all right, so, um, so I guess uh, taking control of the conversation, that was that was the turning point for it for me. When I was able to say, that, let, let me show you what I do. And now there's a lot of buzzwords you can use. And I've talked about this. And I don't mean it to be negative when I say there's a lot of buzz, buzzwords. But uh, there's there's just things I've talked about in previous podcasts. So you'll probably recognize I'm talking about these. That you can throw out there that are really accurate that happen in a tab or choice-based classroom. Um, like, for example, I can talk about the national standards standards and I can talk about how that the, the tab program aligns beautifully with the national standards and I can talk about how the tab classroom aligns beautifully with the way they run AP art right now if I was going into an interview I would definitely bring those things up I would talk about things like learning targets and how their individual learning targets um, administration is gonna love that this is the hot topics in, in education right now and the tab teachers have been doing it all along you talk about student directed I, I throw that around a lot well that's That's a hot topic right now, too. Like, um, you can say that. I'm not going to have every student doing the same thing. It's individualized education, individualized lessons, student-directed lesson, project-based lessons. They're going to be like, wow, really? And our kids are engaged. Engagement? Yeah. You know, you can throw out all those words, and they're true, and they're going to eat that up. So think about those things before you go into interview interview too. So that is how I got the job at South Brunswick high school. Um, I was able to turn it around, explain how I wanted to run the program and, and explain how the kids work was great. Not a crappy cup of coffee. And, and they took it Hill and singer. So here I am. <laughs> I got real lucky. <laughs> But I think I think those things help. So that's number one. How, how should a choice-based teacher handle an interview? Like that. You take the upper hand and you show them student examples. You explain what choice-based teaching is. You advocate for your program and what you want to do and explain to them how it's going to be killer. Number two. and and the person asking this kind of put it in a context like when they said how do you show a lesson plan in tab as almost as if to say but not to say but almost as if to say there aren't any lesson plans now I don't think she was saying that but other people have said that especially people who think well tab's just a free for all and kids can do whatever they want I wrote an article for the Art of Education over seven years ago, because I had to look it up today to remember the title of it. But it was called "Yes, You Can Write a Tab Lesson Plan," um, and and it was based on the design process. So you can write a lesson plan, and you can base it on the design process. So no, it's not going to be that step by step. I'm going to have the kids do this by doing this, using this material by doing this. But it can be based on that concept of the design process. So, for example, let's talk about the design process just really quickly because I mentioned it in so many podcasts before. I don't want to bore you, but talk about the four stages, inspiration, design, creation, and reflection. You can write a lesson plan explaining what you're going to do in each one of those phases. For example, the inspiration phase you can write you can describe like I'm going to do a theme or I'm going to give an artistic behavior unit you can describe that theme or that unit you can talk about how you're going to use that to inspire the students you can talk about how if you're going to allow them to use uh, if it's wide open the choice of materials or if you're going to have modified materials and if it's modified materials which choices are you going to allow them to use in materials or if you're presenting artists or artworks when you're giving that inspiration you can put that all in there too that's all in the lesson plan then in the phase. You know, when you give a a theme or something like that, you can ask the students to take a few minutes and really brainstorm, and you can give them some brainstorming techniques or activities, and you can just say, like, hey, we're going to do this activity, that activity. Boom, that goes in the lesson plan. You could do warm-up activities, especially if you're introducing a material or a demo. You can say, hey, I don't know if I've shown you this material before. I'm going to show it to you as part of this unit, and that becomes part of your design as well. So All that's in your lesson plan. Creation sounds like you wouldn't need to write much, and in most lesson plans you don't, but you can talk about how you're going to facilitate, become the facilitator in the class, like I mentioned in the last podcast, how you're going to meet the students' needs, how you're going to suggest materials or techniques, or how you're going to work with the students. It doesn't have to be specific, but it can be just in general, I'm going to be able to do these things uh, at this time in the creation process. And last but not least, the reflection You can talk about how are students gonna decide or display their artwork? Or how are they gonna be able to, what options are they gonna have for displaying their artwork? Um, Or what are your expectations for reflecting during that process? Are they going to be blogging? Are they gonna be writing artist statements? Uh, Is it gonna be written? Is it gonna be uh, digital? Like how are you gonna have them reflect on their artwork? Are you gonna do a critique? That can all be there in the lesson plan. So you can do a lesson plan based on the design process easy peasy and you can have a lesson plan and you can even show that and present that at an interview as well furthermore if you're really looking for a lesson plan you can go to the open art room (laughs) where is that book i've got it sitting here here listen to me shuffle the page curios the open art room right here and there are actually lesson plans in the back uh, and, and we walk through a lot of these things, so they're already there. Uh, I'll give you an example of one right now. Artists solve problems. I have a lesson plan written in the back for artists solve problems. We talked about the level being an advanced or intermediate level that it would fit. We talked about the national standards it would meet. We talked about the learning goals we wanted in this lesson plan. And then we did it just like I said, we mentioned the, the inspiration stage and we talked about w- what we were gonna say to inspire them. We talked about artists' examples and we listed those there. Then in stage two, we talked about the design process and we had some design activities. Uh, we were going to do a task party with them as part of a warm up for that. Uh, we talked about doing Tanamount as part of a warm up for that. These are just ideas you can have that are in there. So, brainstorming techniques. Um, how they can brainstorm about physical limitations, about material limitations, about conceptual limitations. Then the same thing with creation, and then the same thing with reflection, as I mentioned. So right in the open art room, right in the back there, there's a whole bunch of lesson plans. You can just, if you don't have the book, steal it from someone, borrow it, photocopy a lesson plan out of the back, and you can use that. Bring it to your interview. Just be like, I wrote this. Just modify a couple of words, and then it'll be yours. You know? Appropriate. Appropriate (laughs) it. And not only that, but I don't have that book in front of me, so I can't talk about it. But making the Making Artist book, Making Artists, uh, I know that I put um, a whole bunch of lesson plans in there for the nine. And I, and I gave uh, lesson plans for artistic behaviors in there. And I also talked about themes and such. Also, you can go to artistsouthbee.com. And I have all the videos that I always talk about um, and and presentations that you can kind of take and extrapolate, pull out a lesson plan out of those. So there's a whole bunch of ways that you can get your hands on lesson plans. Yes, you can write a tab lesson plan. And if nothing else, look up Art of Education. Yes, you can write a tab lesson plan in Sands and Google it and you'll find that article and you can read all about what I was thinking seven years ago. All right, let's move on to the last question. And it is, what if they ask you to teach a lesson? Now, that also comes with this kind of, uh, I guess the concept that they're inferring that you're gonna teach a teacher-directed lesson. And and this is where it gets tricky, but I think if I did all this at an interview, and I explained, and I showed them my lesson plans that are tab-based, and I talked about choice-based teaching, and I talked about Just tab in general and advocated for it and all these things i've said in this podcast so far and they still were expecting me to come in and do a teacher directed lesson I would have to say, you know what, maybe this isn't a match for me because they aren't getting it. And if they're going to expect, I know that's hard to say because you're like, what? You'd give up a job? I'm like, yeah, I think I would if it really came down to it because who wants to work someplace where you're either A, not able to do what you want or B, when you do do what you want, you're going to be told what you're doing is wrong and you're going to be fighting that battle the whole time. That's a horrible situation to put yourself in. If the school you're going into is not open to choice and that's the way you want to teach if they're not open to tab and the concept of it you don't want to be there and so you can just be like you know what I, I appreciate the offer but I just don't feel it's gonna be a match and you can walk away and my wife always says that things happen for a reason so if it doesn't happen that's because maybe there's another door opening up someplace else just when that one closes so that's my opinion that's not you know, That's not the law, but that's just the way I think. So I wouldn't be afraid to walk away from a situation if I thought this is just going to be a bad situation, no matter how badly you think you want the job. The other side is you can go in and and still do the lesson and do a tab-based lesson and maybe try to change their mind one last time. But if they were open to tab and you knew going into it that, okay, they want to see that, they want to see what I'm talking about, then you can do it. You can do it. And I think I would... You have to find a couple of things out ahead of time. I'd want to know what kind of experience these students had with materials Did they have any experience with materials and I'd want to know what kind of experience these teachers had with choice Was it always teacher directed? I'd want to see the projects these kids had before and I think no matter how you taught That would be good information to have because you wouldn't want to teach a lesson that the art teacher taught last week No matter how you taught whatever method you taught So that would just be good information to have right so I would go in there and I'd find those things out and then I would design a lesson based on that knowledge. What I think comes to mind right off the bat when I think about this is, let's say you're in a situation where, nope, this, it's been teacher directed, the students have not had choice, and they've had uh, some experience with materials. Maybe not a lot of experience with materials, however it's gonna work. I would go in there and I would present a modified lesson and I'd title it, Intro to Choice. <laughs> have some fun with it. <laughs> you know. I'd present limited materials, And, um, and maybe ones they're familiar with, and I'd offer a demo to remind them of the, of the techniques. So I'd have all these things ready to go, just like a regular teacher would have. But the difference is I'd present a theme. So I wouldn't be telling them what they were going to be doing. So, and, and then, well, and then I, after that theme, I do some brainstorming activities, as I mentioned before, just to get them all fired up. And then, um, I'd work with those who needed extra help and I would get everybody engaged. I'd get all those students fired up with this whole thing. Now, to go into a little detail about that. Like I would go in and start with and be like, okay, um, I, we're going to do, you know, I just, at the top top my head. We're going to, I'm going to let you use black and white materials, but I'm going to give you a choice. You know, you can use charcoal for this. You can use pen and ink for this, or you can use a uh, pencil for this. And let me show you a couple techniques with each. Let me show you how to cross hatch in pencil. Let me show you how to cross hatch in pen and ink. Let me show you how to blend the, the charcoal. And everybody gets a chance to just try it out real quick. It's a modified choice. And you're only going to be in there for one day for one lesson, so you got to have something quick, and you know, real quick. Then you throw out your theme, and you're like, "Guys, I want here's the theme." I'd, I'd give them some kind of, you know, like. A, illustration friday theme where it's just one word or i do um some of the themes like in the open art room like we did what's the point was a theme we gave or maybe something fun like what's under the bed or you know <laughs> what did i buy today something like that so they have to start thinking about ideas and then the brainstorming and getting them sketching out ideas now they've decided the material they wanted to use they come up with their own ideas and they're pretty psyched up about it because you know When it's choice-based and you're drawing something you want to draw and you use a material you want to use, you're psyched up about it. And I think that would go over like, you know, if if they didn't, if the administration or whoever was judging you to decide if you were going to get hired or not, couldn't see at that point the value in hiring you, again, I'll go back to, well, maybe it just wasn't the right match for you. But I think if you could do all that and you got to all that point and Everything I just talked about, where you've shown them lesson plans, you presented a lesson plan to the student, you showed them how choice could work in a classroom, they're gonna they're gonna hire you. They're gonna be like, "This person's genius. Look at this person. They're great." <laughs> and so that is the answer to, or at least that is how I would answer the questions. You know, how should a choice-based teacher handle an interview? Uh, if you go on an interview and you try these techniques and it doesn't work. I'm sorry, <laughs> but uh, you know, so like, if this is all my opinion. Uh, I can't guarantee it's going to work, but hopefully, it will. And if it does, shoot me an email and let me know, because <laughs> I'd be, I'd be glad to know. Otherwise, I'll delete this podcast if I find it didn't. All right, so that's it for this week, and we'll see you next time.